servant auntie, how's your day been? My day's been good. It was the first day of year nine, so everything's new. We got our timetables, yeah. and I'm quite excited about doing all of the subjects I wanted to do. And yeah, how was your day? My day was good. I was just waiting. Guys, for sorry, sorry <laughs> no, to interrupt. No worries. Nobody even knows who we are. It's true. Okay, so who are you? My name's Lekika. Who are you? And my name's Vedanti. And I'm James. And we are here recording a series of six podcasts in which we're discussing the Throne of Glass book series and that are written by Sarah J. Mass. And I think this is because, well, I think yeah. this is because <laughs> there's obviously a lot of excitement we noticed uh, from fans because of the last book in the series, Kingdom of Ash, is due out on the 23rd of October. So yeah. we kind of, you know, wanted to see what the fuss was. Uh, we read the books. Um, and we're gonna just be chatting about a different book each episode. And the first book in the series, the book we're talking about today, is called, ironically, Throne of Glass, which makes sense. And here is a little bit about the book itself. You're reading it from the blurb, yeah? Yes. In the dark, filthy salt mines of Endovia, an 18-year-old girl is serving a life sentence. She is a trained assassin, the best of her kind, but she made a fatal mistake. She got caught. Young Captain Westfall offers her a deal. Her freedom in return for one huge sacrifice. Selena must represent the prince in a to-the-death tournament, fighting the most gifted thieves and assassins in the land. Live or die, Selena will be free. Win or lose, she is about to discover her true destiny. But will her assassin's heart be melted? Wow. Indeed. Wow. We meet, so we're meeting Selena Sardothian, that's, that's her name, our 18-year-old assassin. What impression did you get of Selena Dante when you first started reading about her? Um, well, I got off the impression that she's very used to being very independent and she's also really strong and she has a very loud opinion you could say that and she's also even though these are like different characteristics she's very caring when she comes to like once she comes to like someone so she seems like a good character just told us a a bunch of things no i think when you start reading you start to learn about her as a person, her backstory, and you, like we read in the blurb, she's this 18-year-old, 18-year-old assassin, and it's just, it's just that when we when we meet her, we start to learn about how she was orphaned at a young age, you know, and how she got into becoming an assassin, how she was trained, and she's in the salt mines for a crime, obviously, and she's given a chance, you know, to get freedom and to get out of this. And so you start to learn more about her. Do you think, though, um, because we were discussing this before, um, but, you know, she is somebody who's killed a lot of people, and there are circumstances behind that, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, but do you think she, from this first book, is like the hero of our story? Well, the way they portray her, she's like not really like a hero during the beginning. But like the vibe you get off her, you feel like she's gonna make like a really big impact 
on the rest of the stories. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she could be a hero, a potential hero. So well, she's gee, sorry, Dickie. No, so she's coming into her own. Yeah. That's what it feels like because we've just met her. Yeah. But, you, but are heroes people who look? Oh, you're right. She is an orphan, and she's grown up thinking that kind of killing is and being an assassin's her job. Um, so I don't think necessarily that she is like innately a bad person. But do you think somebody like that, somebody who is a trained assassin? can like be a hero well yeah because it's i feel like she still has like even though she's an assassin she still has the potential to like do something good to like actually properly good and i feel like behind like every hero there's a dark backstory we've just met her and they don't they're not going to tarnish her yeah. image or her opinion of us so i feel like what we will learn as we read this book the other books is more of her backstory more of the reasons that what that she forced her to almost yeah end up in this profession almost yeah. and more about her moral values and we get to see what she's thinking and then we'll realize if she's a hero yet or not i also think it is quite interesting that like a lot of like quote unquote heroes in books and in stories are like you know, uh, you know, live a perfect life, and you know they aren't exposed to this more damaging yeah. side or this you know, um, essentially a bit of a broken personality, which is exactly how you described her earlier. But there's obviously is this um, you know multiple sides of her. She's multi-dimensional. Yeah, she yeah. she has like a very um, unique personality because I feel like it's very hard to find someone who's like can be aggressive and defensive but like compassionate and caring at the same time in a book and also it's harder to relate to someone who's perfect so yeah. when you when you read a lot of what well, i read so much and sometimes i'm reading a book and the main character in it is just perfect and you don't relate to that you relate to somebody who's a bit more jagged as somebody yeah. who's gone through things because that's how we've grown up you know everyone's gone through things different sorts of things in life and so you relate more to a person who's more like like more, anybody more basically. human rather than this perfect thing one of the things off topic that I'm really interested because um, one of the things we discussed before doing this podcast are the characters names yeah. and we were fortunate enough, <laughs> fortunate enough to get a guide as to how to say each of the characters names but do you find that um, and this is hopefully one of the things more in general that this podcast will be able to explore is how when you're reading a book it's quite a personal experience and you might see characters in certain ways or say their names in yeah. certain ways with Dante. Um, well, the way I picture some of these characters, I don't know what you guys did as well, but I feel like they were very bold and some of the names I in my brain I was pronouncing really wrong, like Kaol. Was not pronounced Kaol. How did you pronounce Kaol? I don't even know. It was like Char something, and then <laughs> I was very confused when I got this. It was helpful though. It was helpful. Yeah. No, when see when I read books, especially in the last couple of years, I relate them to movie stars. Yeah. She laughs at me for this, right? But but <laughs> she does. But I like saying movie. Uh, or Hollywood actors mainly, who I feel like would play these characters in the movie, okay, right? So like, give, give an example. So, for example, Kaol, which I pronounced as Chaol for the past two months <laughs> since I got these books, by the way. 
I saw Tia James from Divergent. She look, look at her face. She's like, I, no. I, I <laughs> She's don't. like, no. Because like everybody knows him as Tia James from Divergent. Ah, uh, but like, who really watched Divergent? Let's be honest. A lot of people oh. okay. <laughs> it was good. It was <laughs> okay. well, I so hope that people are listening to this. <laughs> but. I didn't, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> you see, validated right here. No, so I, I like, I get what you're saying though. It's very personal because you start to imagine things in your own. So when, whenever you read a book, imagery, right? The imagery in the book, mm-hmm. you imagine how the characters look like. You start to imagine what the place looks like. And yesterday, actually, I was on the fandom Wikipedia page for this for yeah, these yeah, Thrones, yeah. and I saw the drawings that loads of loads of fans had done, and they were amazing. But, like, loads of them, I was like, that's not how I pictured Dorian to look like, or that's not what I thought Selena would look like. And then there were some that I agreed with, so, like, I think it's different from everybody, and yeah. unless we get, like, a TV show or a movie, mm-hmm. I guess we won't know what the what the author wants. Because I feel like everybody's imagination is different, so what you might think is sort of, like, that could be a different character for someone else. So I feel like it's interesting to know what other people picture these people as because mm. you picture them as like actors and <laughs> no someone might just draw them you never know but also I mean even with like Harry Potter before I mean I don't remember a time before the Harry Potter films <laughs> but that you know the the drawings of the characters and the original front covers obviously it doesn't look like Daniel no, Radcliffe no, no exactly so, no not at yeah. all this does look back to something so off so off topic <laughs> how weird is it right that you see green yeah. And I see something that I think is green, but they could be, your green could be my yellow. Ooh. What? So you know, <laughs> right, that, so you think, for example, that this chair is orange. Yeah. yeah. Because you've been taught that this, this colour is orange. Yeah. Right. However, our eyes all interpret colours differently. Right. So we were sat down in the classroom and told this is orange. But I could be seeing something something different, different that you think is orange. That is. But we both call that color color orange. orange. That is so. And weird. you can't oh. describe colors any differently because then I could go, well, it's like a mixture between like pink and green, which orange isn't, but or like a darker <laughs> yellow, and between yellow and red. But then your yellow. Is it your yellow or my yes. yellow? And this really links back to the throne of glass really well. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it, it, that came in my head because of the whole. Thing about the names, yeah. it's like until you we've got the name guys. Exactly, we were saying like, every single name wrong. Well, is it wrong though? Yeah, exactly. Is it wrong? It's like everybody pronounces our names differently. There's like twenty five thousand different pronunciations. I was called Valentina once. Okay, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> it. Was very uh, the entire <laughs> class was silent. <laughs> yes, the Valentina's wrong, but diff- <laughs> you we can say her name or my name, for example, I, really differently. I love that. Like when the teacher took the register and it was like a cover teacher or something, and they said everybody's name wrong. Right. <laughs> oh my, it's like my the, favorite thing. It's the simplest name. It's literally how it's like words, letters, <laughs> the words. names. The ones that <laughs> always English came up with us is we had somebody called Aaron, right? But A R O N, and a lot of people would pronounce that as Aaron, mm-hmm. and that was his like, <laughs> oh my god. There's somebody called Claudia, and they used to always call her Claudia. Claudia. <laughs> Me, they used to call me Jamie. I'm like, can you read? <laughs> There's no I. There's no I. Yeah. Then one teacher gave me a nickname once, which I completely don't remember. But I, 
I got my mob to tell him off, so it's fine. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we should move on. Yeah. So our second topic is about Selena's relationship with Dorian and Kaol. Hmm. So we were wondering, they have both have very like splitting personalities and who is better for Selena? Like who's more like her and who like fits with her more? Right, I'm going to say Dorian. And you're just looking at me like, go away. No, only because, right, I feel like after her murderous tendencies and, you know, not being able to wear nice things, you know, for example, she's not had the easiest of lives. If she's with Dorian, who's the crown prince, by the way, y'all, she'll, she'll get what she deserves. She'll get a life she deserves. And plus... He seems to make her laugh, and I th- and he gets her sense of humor, and I think that's really important. But what makes you think that Kaol can't do that for her? I don't know. He just seems like really he... stoic. I feel yeah. like that's the word. But we don't really know a lot about him, do we? Yeah, yeah. It's book do one. We get that. <laughs> no, but still, I feel like, and obviously, when you read on, we'll find out more. But I still feel like it's Dorian for her because, first of all, he chose her as his. He brought her to the competition. He was like, you know what? Let me bring Selena. And, let me say this, and I feel like when you read in the book, you see how they interact and you see that she's a lot more relaxed around him because they're both really like snarky. And I feel like that, I feel like there's a connection that twangs to me. I feel like Kaol like knows her better because he spent more time with her because he's her like professional guard and so that she doesn't escape. And I also feel like he knows more about her, her past and everything, because she's more trusting of him because she knows who he is. With Dorian, he's always, like, with his father or away. And she's talked to him, like, twice in the past, like, I don't know. Three chapters. Yeah. What do you think, though, is most important? What do you think Selena needs in a partner? Because just because he knows her better let's say spend more time with her doesn't necessarily mean that he's the right partner i feel like she needs someone to trust because with her like she's been all alone for quite a while to be honest after her murderous tendencies and all so i feel like (laughs) great way of putting it (laughs) i feel like she needs someone who she can tell things to and they'll like remain with her after knowing her so they won't run away screaming for the hills uh true but I also think she needs someone who keeps the atmosphere light. She's yeah. had, like you said, a dark, dark past. And she needs somebody who won't go running for the hills when they hear about her past. But also is just there to bring her up from when she just feels a bit down, especially about what's happened. And yeah. I feel like Dorian's the person for her just because... And <laughs> is just narrowing her eyes at me. Just because... He is so different from the people that she usually encounters, right? Such as K.O. warrior types, that maybe he'll be good for her. Who knows? Maybe opposites attract. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever thought of that? (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. Personally, I think it should be Selena and Justin, not Selena. But, you know, different... different, I mean, it's pronounced wrong anyway. But, um, (laughs) yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think it, I think it's interesting because, and we're going to get onto this a little bit later in the podcast about strong female characters. Um, so I don't want to get onto it too much right now. Well, you know what? We can. Yeah. Let's, why not? It's not in order, but who cares? <laughs> so there's Katniss, obviously, in Hunger Games. Trist from Divergent. Selena in Throne of Glass. So I, I don't think the question so much is, is it important to have strong female lead characters in YA novels? Because I think we can all agree that there should be. Yes. Um, but what do you think is the real life impact of having you know what do you think the real life impact of having a Selena in Throne of Glass could be when I was young right and we my mum started reading books to me I always used to ask her why is the lead of this book not a girl yeah. so as much as I love Harry Potter like I'm addicted to Harry Potter I always used to be like why is the lead of these books that we're reading not a girl why are these Disney fairy tales that we're reading why is it the girl that's always in trouble and I feel like just by having a strong female lead character like we said Katniss, Triss and now Selena it just allows girls like you Vedant to just have somebody to and I don't want to say look up to because that's like big big boots almost but just to let's see let's not look up to her <laughs> yeah. yeah let's let's not but it's just having a strong girl who speaks her mind I feel like that's just it's empowering for anybody who reads it even me because I I agree with that because in our like generation in our class oh because we old are we old <laughs> what are you saying <laughs> in our class um, all of like the girls all is really shy and really quiet and when like someone's rude to them, they don't really like do anything. And I'm not saying that but this will help because it shows that girls can, like they're strong too. They can like yeah. argue when they want to and fight if they want to. And it's it's really hard, in my opinion, to find like a good book with a female, a strong female character. And this this book has a really strong female character. It is. It's a good book, and I've. I have a friend who's just started reading the series and she was, she literally started reading and she was like, it's a lead female character, I'm so happy. And I'm like, it just shows how important it is for us to have more of them, I guess. And it's just, it's nice to read a character and just relate to somebody who's headstrong and stubborn and all and arrogant and all of those words it's just nice to be like you know what girl i i, I get how you're feeling not the murderous tendencies but the other parts. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also i think like it does level the playing field because you have quite a lot of murderous male characters in books <laughs> that's true and um a lot of like male villains and that sort of stuff and obviously selena well we, we don't really know yet at this early stage of the series but um we, we know she's being positioned not as a villain and you know it's just interesting to see a female character who who goes and kills just like the guys do and um and is you know and i think it like equals it out a little bit do you know what i mean Yeah, yeah for sure because just like and i'm thinking of all these male character books that i've novels i've read with lead male characters and it is it is nice to just be like this girl can she can She's she can kill. She wow. Can. No, uh, she can, she can defend lead, herself. defend yeah. herself she exactly, and she just takes no nonsense from anybody. And it's good. It's good to have somebody like that. And I think it will be good for anybody who reads it, just because it's so it's different. Because we don't like, we, like I said, we don't have that many novels like this. It's 
different and that's always good as well yeah, yeah. also i think not just i don't just think it's good for girls either i think it's good for guys as well because i always felt like that gets like forgotten um about how important it is for guys to see that like girls aren't just like weak and damsels in distress yeah damsels in distress waiting for you to recover to pick them up and save their life <laughs> yeah um, and you know these sorts of things hopefully do change that and I think it's like it can be so obvious I don't know I was at a music festival over the weekend and you just look in the crowd and you, you know it's like so obvious the people the guys who've grown up like with strong female characters in their life versus those people who just think that they can like wolf whistle at somebody across the crowd and like yeah. have no respect and they people obviously treat different genders differently and on some level that is right because both genders aren't the same no, like, yeah. physically and mentally and there are differences mm-hmm. but treating everybody with the same level of like respect and human decency is that bit is equal and hopefully for you know, for guys as well, it will show young guys and yeah, impressionable young guys as yeah. well. You know, get them to buck up their ideas a bit. Yeah, and yeah. it'll make it'll make this idea of a girl more real in the head yeah. and more something they can connect to. Like that, they're not these princessy types. That they are, you know, stubborn to a fault or headstrong, and they can defend themselves and they have opinions. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it maybe yeah. <laughs> oh no. And yeah, people your age, people in your year, it'll be it'll be books like these. It'll be a good read. It'll for give them. them a more realistic idea of a girl. Exactly. Not this like dainty like tiny <laughs> doll. I've never met Not a dainty say, doll. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say that those books aren't good. It's obviously a place yeah. for them it, as well. Those are yeah. interesting as well, by the yeah. way. But but there's a place for everything. Yeah. Like uh, maybe the bookshelves with strong female leads is a little bit emptier at the yeah. moment. And needs yeah. a bit more. Bit but more. luckily, there's a, a million books in the uh, Throne of Glass series. I mean, not a million, literally. <laughs> but if you add up Hunger Games, Divergent, Throne of Glass. Yeah. And I'd also say, actually, that like even Hermione and Harry Potter's a pretty strong female. Yes. That although she's not the lead, she's like a supporting actress. Yeah. Then, you know, that that catalogue is getting bigger and bigger. And, and these are also like proper worlds that you get stuck into. That's yeah. the thing about the Throne of Glass series is that it is like a whole other universe. Yeah. More yeah. than just a one one novel. Yeah, when you open the book and you see the map. I just, I love, I love books maps. with maps. Because yeah. <laughs> it just, it makes it more real in your head when you say, oh, the, the cavalry, for example, is traveling from this to this. And you can see it on the map and you're, it just makes this world even bigger that the Ooh, author has put in. So amazing amount yeah. of detail that there's maps and there's descriptions of cities and it's unreal yeah the maps also help because sometimes you get confused as to where they are and you don't know the names of some cities but maps are amazing yeah wow okay spin-off podcast on maps <laughs> maps coming soon, coming soon. Uh, what do you want to chat about next dorian and his father what i don't really like their relationship i feel i don't think is it a relationship they really have one <laughs> no, no, no. but i feel like they their father-son relationship is more of a that he tells him what to do and he does it basically mm. 
because I feel like Dorian's very like bound by his father. He can't do a lot of things and he can't talk to a lot of people without his permission. Yeah, and his dad is, uh, like we said, a king who rules with an iron hand. Pretty scary. And so Dorian, you, as you see in, in the first book, he's pretty shook by it. And when he meets Ashok, yeah. when he meets Selena, he starts to, I guess, think a bit more about his, his actions, the things yeah. that he's doing. Listening he to becomes his dad. more aware. He becomes more self-aware. Yeah, about and I guess what that's a good thing. Him. And like he's realized, oh, the things I've been told to do aren't all good and like are in like good relationship for the kingdom and stuff. Better late than never. Yeah. Do you think he's growing to like a bit of a king himself, even in the first book? Yeah. Yeah. I think the minute he meets Selena, who's so different than all the people he meets, all the ladies in the courts and all the dukes duchesses etc she's this different person a young assassin like we said and i think it just triggers the change in his head that you know what i should think before i do something instead of just listening yeah yeah like a robot instead of just listening to my dad and i think that change just triggers him to become his almost his own person and perhaps to become a become a king yeah I mean, it is in his blood, after all, so. Wow. I mean, what? How wow. beautifully put. <laughs> how beautifully put. There's a quote here that, yeah. um, that Lakiku wanted to read out. Yeah. So we meet Nehemia, who is a princess, and she meets Selena and tells her, and I quote, you could rattle the stars, you could do anything if, you, if only you dared, and deep down, you know it too. That's what scares you the most. That sounds like a lyric from Rewrite the Stars. Yes. <laughs> what's that what's that film oh, called? Um, oh. The Greatest Showman. Yes. yes. Yeah. You could rattle the stars. I mean, don't oh get I'm not gonna start singing it. Singing. Belt but, it out. Go on. Yeah. But it does. Oh my god, now that I've read it, it's starting What to I love like these sorts of quotes, right? That you then like go online there's loads of like fan artwork. Yes, I do. And there's always like someone with a tattoo of it, like the Chris Dead Chair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's gonna be repeating soon. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm in the hunt for my first tattoo and I still don't know, but it's gonna be some quote like this, I can just feel it. You could rattle yeah. with the stars. Something cool. Across like your forehead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Over on my cheek. So Selena, right, we know is the strong character who's like killed lots of people if, if people are just joining us now and don't know that and <laughs> you know there's not been any secret that she could do basically whatever she wants to do and she's got the ability to so like why do you think she's scared of reaching her full potential well i think that she's scared because I feel like when she reaches her full potential, she's afraid she's gonna hurt more people than save them. Cause if she's in on like the road to becoming a hero and she's afraid she's gonna hurt the people she loves and has come to like even. So I feel like her reaching her full potential might be dangerous. But maybe she's, yeah, no, so dangerous is the word, right? We know she's this assassin and obviously a talented one to have killed so many people at such a young age. Maybe her potential's not a good thing. Maybe her potential just means she becomes fully assassiny and evil. Well, yeah, controversial opinion, though. Yeah. Assassins aren't always bad. It's very true. That's true. It depends who you're killing. Yeah. 
it depends if you're kill- if you're killing like people who are worse than you then i don't know if you then you're probably doing looks like you've thought about this <laughs> yeah <laughs> then you're probably <laughs> doing better <laughs> plans over yeah. the summer break <laughs> then you're probably doing better than worse if you're been hired to kill other people like even if you're just trying to kill your opponents then hmm. just killing other evil people it doesn't I guess she's scared because she doesn't know what her full potential is. And I guess the unknown, which is scary and anyway, she's worried what re- she she just doesn't know what what it's going to be and she's like why would I want to reach it and why would I want to get there if I don't know what it's going to do? Like it could go like two extreme ways. <laughs> yeah. It could. Yeah. But why do you think that she doesn't even want to like she has to basically be giving this rousing speech before even considering. Do you think maybe she's gotten too, like this might sound strange to say about her and her character, but maybe she's gotten too comfortable just living this lifestyle where basically, you know, she's protecting herself. She kills people if she's not happy with what they're doing or you know is frightened or whatever, and she doesn't want to try something else. Yeah, doesn't want to break out of her comfort zone. She's not had the best. But- couple of years and she's thought you know what i don't want to go out of this little world i've made because this is probably the best i'm ever gonna get and maybe my full potential is gonna make me go downhill yeah maybe like because she's been through such hardships and been in jail and everything maybe she's Jesus. just afraid that if she goes through her full potential it's just gonna make her entire life worse than better yeah also there's the trust as well like for you to to reach your full potential or to change anything about your life and, and if somebody's suggesting that to you you have to really trust what they're saying mm. and maybe that just isn't the case yet yeah, yeah. I mean she's just met yeah. Nehemia who we're talking about and perhaps it's going to take a bit of time for her to trust her yeah exactly because yeah. I mean she's like new, said, she's foreign and it's book one and it's book one <laughs> more importantly yeah, yeah it's book one <laughs> And guys, let me give you another reminder about our next, the next book that's coming out, right? Kingdom of Ash, which is the latest book in this series and is, our, is the unforgettable conclusion. Can you believe it? The conclusion of this series. The books are out in bookshops and online on October 23rd. Visit sarahjmass.com for all the details and to pre-order the book. Amazing. Well, we've got a game. Right. right. So um, I prepared this and I didn't really tell you guys about it because mm. I'm interested to hear your like immediate responses. Right. It's got the very exciting and original name. Name a word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. So in name a word, uh, but you guys, Lakika and Vedanti, will choose one word each to describe your feelings about what happens in this book of Throne of Glass, this one being Throne of Glass, and we'll, be, we'll discuss uh, your choice of word as well. And we're gonna do this for every book in the series. Right. So, um, Vedanti, let's start with you. I am intrigued. Dang it, that was my word, oh. that's so creepy. I was like, intriguing's gonna be my word. No, why would you do that? Okay, go on. I am intrigued because all of these characters are really new, so you want to like know more about them, but then you also want it to be secret so that you can enjoy the rest of the book. So I'm interested and intrigued. Thanks for taking my answer <laughs> out of my brain. I have uh, two, two words. Uh, I want to say I'm in love 
with this book already just because... I can be hyphenated. Yes, there yeah. we go. Got it. In love because she, Selena, is just so different from all the books I've read, right? This character is so different and is amazing in everything that she does, right? And she's, all, she's always, you know, so self-aware and it's just... And when I started reading this book, right, I was really ill. I was in hospital, guys. And I was just reading this thinking, look how brave this young girl is. And she's overcoming so many different things and I can overcome this little minor setback in my life. And when I read the first one, I remember calling Vedanti saying, when you come to see me, you've got to bring every <laughs> single one of the other books because I need to read it. So I think in hyphen love is my first word to describe this book for sure. Do you think you are surprised that you're inspired by it? Yes, because you meet her as an assassin and you're like, what am I gonna get an inspiration from an assassin for? Might as well just play Assassin's Creed or something. No, but it's, you start to find parts of her that you relate to, hopefully not the murderous parts, but the other parts and stuff like the fact that she's headstrong and stubborn that's something i relate to because that's what everyone says i am and she's overcome so much and i feel like that kind of twangs with some of our some, some of our past and it's surprising that she was inspiring but i'm glad she was because i then ate up every single one of the other books and they were all yeah. insanely amazing so i'm, I'm glad i was inspired Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So imagine you've not read the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. What sort of things? Like, what are your predictions for the next book? I want to see. I want to see Selena's relationship with the king. I want to see more about that. Less of a prediction, more of a what I want to see. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I want to see what Selena's planning on doing when she becomes the king's champion. If she becomes the king's champion. So you feel like she's gonna get that role, though. Yes, I do. Cause I feel like with all of her like willpower, she's going to end up because she wants her freedom. Like who doesn't? Yeah. And so I want to see what happens there, and what happens when she's the champion. Yeah. If she does become it, yeah, for sure. I think the second book will be interesting on that aspect. We get to see more. And especially because the second book is always just an expansion on the characters we've oh, met. Yeah. It'll be really, it'll be really interesting. That, guys, I think ends our first podcast on the first book. And I hope you guys enjoyed that. We did, yeah. didn't we? Yep. And just before we end up, I just want to remind you guys once more, once more, that the latest book on in this series, Kingdom of Ash, is coming out in bookshops and online on October 23rd. Visit sarahjmass.com for all the details and to pre-order the book. And we will see you guys next week for our, for our second book.